Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Jimmy. What? It's the list in your boy at Fightful.com. With Jimmy Van and Sean Ross they're on fire. Boom shakalaka. 200 strong. One day, Jimmy will learn what your mic is hot means. <laughs> Did I just talk into the mic? Yeah. I'm yes. Mic again. Every time, Jimmy. You know what? You're very fortunate that we don't talk about like your salary and raises and shit. On yeah, because people mic. would be astonished at how little I make. <laughs> What's up, you guys? I beg to differ that you are absolutely incorrect. I beg <laughs> to differ. What's up, you guys? This is going to be a Ross. Twitch exclusive one day, Sean. All right. It's going to be a Twitch exclusive. We'll have this conversation one day, and all of our viewers are going to watch it go, Sean, you can go fuck yourself. No, they won't. No, they won't. No, they won't, because I'll bring the numbers, Jimmy. Yeah, I'll I'll bring the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I hope that you guys will help us bring the numbers to FightfulSelect.com. We're a few away from another goal. Today, I have news on a Ring of Honor star who told us that uh, there was outside interest before they they re-signed. Also, I had a bunch of news on Diamond Mine right after they debuted last night. And we're going to be talking about that an awful lot. But if you're here right now, it's listening your boy, number 219. Leave a thumbs up. Donate a super chat. It get your, get your question or statement read on the air. Um, kind of like this one that we'll, we'll answer in a little bit. But Jimmy, what's up? So I guess Tess is going to debut next week, right, Sean? Oh, John? Jesus. So next I week. want... So should I go ahead and get into that now or wait until we talk about Diamond Let's Mine? wait. Yeah, let's, let's wait. wait. Okay. Let's wait. But there were so many people that were oh, absolutely boy. convinced Tessa Blanchard was debuting in NXT. So many. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. I figured maybe she'd, she was going to be right beside DDP because like DDP, you know, the mm-hmm. Diamond Mine. So it was going to yeah. be DDP and Tessa Blanchard. So the first thing I have to do, because I promised I would, Sean. Actually, the first thing I should do is say, anybody that's a longtime viewer, I got my Tim Hortons again because I'm I'm back to kind of somewhat civilization, somewhat. But uh, I promised my wife this. So last weekend was Father's Day. And my wife, so, you know, Sean, two little kids, they made me nice little cards and, you know, woke me up in the morning and gave me hugs yeah. and all that nice stuff. My wife wanted to, she doesn't know what to get me for a gift ever. Yeah. Look at this. 
<laughs> How can I get that on camera? That's what my wife got me. Oh, and she, amazing. you know what she wanted me to do? So this is Sammy Zane's t-shirt, in case anybody doesn't know. That's Sammy Zane's t-shirt. My wife wanted me to wear this in the office. And I and I had to tell her, like, with all due respect, I, you know, I don't like to to to, to pat myself on the back. I am the CEO of this company. I'm not wearing my fucking Sammy Zane t-shirt in the office. <laughs> But that's what she wanted me to do. But she got me that as a, you know, I, I never love know it. what to get. Yeah, I thought it was very different. I told her this is very different. This is very creative. She knows the reason she got it is because I popped for Sami Zayn, mm-hmm. uh, especially the, the the current character, Sami Zayn. I, you know, she thinks I, I find it very entertaining, which I do. So that's why she got me that. So that's the first thing, Sean. What what else you got, Jimmy? Well, I was going to ask you about how come CM Punk doesn't like you, Sean? Oh geez. Well, it, first Making off, enemies. First off, I didn't write the article. Second off, there's nothing wrong with the article. Third off, uh, <laughs> like I, I don't know what to tell you. If if he wants money from Fightful, I'm sure you would pay him money to write for the magazine. And some hey, people hey, are like, see, some people were like, get sarcastic. This? And I was like, no, it's not sarcastic. I'm sure he'd be really great at writing. Oh, and I'm sure he that, would be. Had that Q and A been a Fightful exclusive, we would have paid him for it, just like we do any writer. <laughs> So, Phil, I mean, Phil Brooks, if you see this, bud, hit me up. I'll pay you. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he's amazing. watching right now. He's I watching he's, live every week. He's, every he's week. tuned in right now, ready to yep. go. Yep, every week. Yep. What What are they going to say about me? That's exactly what he's doing right now. He doesn't have <laughs> anything else better to do with his life than that. But and he absolutely cares about what Fifele has to say about. I him. just man, like the the being mad over wrestling news websites, it, it, wrestling news websites in general is such a horseshit, fake outrage thing like uh yeah i mean get over it find find something worthwhile to be upset about and he wasn't he wasn't he just said i wish i got paid money for every time they use this as news and hey you know the term that i use jimmy snakes and sparklers all the time from the joe dirt thing did i care about that article no i didn't give a shit about it i didn't care but there are thousands of other people that do. Oh, yeah. And creating content is not just about what I like. It's about what our consumers like. There's all kinds of stuff that I report that I don't care about, that I don't think really give a shit about. But I can't just sell snakes and sparklers at my, my fireworks stand. Sometimes we got to get some some whistling bungholes out there, Jimmy. <laughs> Sometimes you got to get some Husker do's and Husker don'ts and... There were a lot of people. Find something worthwhile to be upset about, guys. Yeah, there were a lot of people really offended. No, no, there were not. There were a lot of people who pretended that they were offended. Uh, Pretended to be offended. Wanted to be upset about something. I see. I see. Like most internet trolls, really. Yes. Well, that's. I thought that was interesting. So we're doing this on June twenty third. And can you believe, Sean, you want to talk about how sometimes I date myself a little bit, you know? Can you believe that today, June 23rd, this is the 25th anniversary, the quarter of a century mark of the night that Stone Cold Steve Austin cut the Austin 316 promo at the King of the Ring. 25 years, and I'm almost, I'm not ashamed to say, because I'm I'm in a good spot, but I remember watching it live. I remember watching it. Oh, don't even start with me, Sean. I love how Sean, Sean wants you to think that he's living in a hostel 
in, I am. In, my, in my, fucking my, Lexington. My you know walls. I mean? well, making, no, I, I wish I was living in Lexington. I'm living <laughs> an hour outside of Lexington right now. There is no DoorDash. There are no food delivery services. There is no Uber. There's nothing like that. My walls are crumbling, Jimmy. I'm living next to a sinkhole. The foundation's coming down. I'm gonna die. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? No, you just you know did. You wasted oh, well, your question. You, did, you asked it twice. One. That's the third time. Okay, that's from The Simpsons. Three. That's from The Simpsons. That's where you took that from. No. no. My, my question is, what is the average salary to your knowledge? What's the average salary oh, in your town? That, to your knowledge. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Look, look, hold on. It is $130,000. That is absolute absolutely erroneous nonsense i bet you the average salary in your town is less than half what you made this year <laughs> actually i'm gonna go further i'm gonna go further uh, no the average what? salary in your town is one quarter what you're gonna make this year the average <laughs> salary in your town and you know it's true so just so you know anybody watching this who you know oh, jimmy's the jimmy's the you know he's he's the man who's keeping sean down absolute bullshit he, is. he really is absolute bullshit yeah and sean's having a very good ask, ask jimmy what percentage i make off of fightful select or youtube here's a question for you zero percent here's a question we're gonna mute jimmy real quick jimmy's muted anyway uh <laughs> How much what? money have I pulled out? Well, let's let's mute Jimmy again. He's out here promoting Tim Hortons. They're not even a sponsor right now. Look at that. What else you got on your list, Jimmy? Am I still muted? No, nah, you're good. Oh, good. Uh, so Anderson Silva. Yeah. Did you see that? Oh my God, I loved it. He I was amazing. It. Yeah. He was he, amazing. He, now, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. is like 35, but he's still an active, good boxer. And Anderson Silva beat him. Yes. Now, I, I don't know. I, after watching that performance, I don't know if I want to refer to Chavez Jr. as good because that was embarrassing, and he should be embarrassed for, by his performance. And let me tell you something. The corruption dude in boxing – Everybody involved with yes. that whole production should be embarrassed. And and uh, so if anybody didn't see the fight, one judge gave it to Chavez Jr. Three, I, I, I didn't see their names, but I'm going to presume they're Mexican judges because they were in Mexico. One of them gave it to Chavez Jr. It wasn't close. No. It wasn't close. Anderson Silva beat his ass. And you know it's funny? Because you know Silva's not stupid. When they started doing the 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 judging – and when they said judge number one, whatever, gives it to Chavez, Silva's smiling because he knows. Yeah. He knows this is a corrupt fucking sport. But uh, he did fantastic. And I got to tell you, Sean. Hold on. Some people are saying, like, Cesar Chavez Jr. is washed. Buddy, so is Anderson Silva. That's yes. the point. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you all are talking about, like, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. is washed. Yeah. Anderson Silva is 40 six years old yes. he has one win in the last six and a half years yeah uh, like officially one win in the last like eight or nine years yeah like it's he's also washed up but man 11 year age difference 
Yes. And I knew going in. So, uh, so on the broadcast, because uh, the, the broadcast was, they were all boxing people, boxing commentators and whatnot. They were very critical of Chavez Jr., especially as the fight was going along because he was doing terrible. Yes. Like he was, he didn't, he didn't hardly throw any punches and he was really, and you know what shocked the hell out of me? So if anybody is a, is a fan of Anderson Silva, you know this. Silva's knock was that he got so cocky in his fights that he would drop his hands. Mm-hmm. And when he lost to Weidman, it's because he dropped his hands. So there he is in a boxing match, Sean, against a guy with 60 fights on his record, Chavez Jr. And what does he do? He drops his hands doing the mocking like this. I watched it thinking you were going to get annihilated doing that in a, in a, in a boxing ring against a, a boxer with 60 fights. And what happened? Nothing. Chavez Jr. did nothing. He just stood there and let him get away with it. I could not believe it that he stood there and let him get away with it. But he did. I love it. I love it. I, I'm all on these circus fights. I was actually talking to a WWE wrestler yesterday who was like, no, nah, I'm not into them. I love it. I love it. So I liked that one because that one was two legitimate athletes, even though I, I know Silva was an MMA guy, uh, but I, I believe he boxed like what a couple of decades ago too. I was into that one because like Chavez Jr. is a legit fighter, even though I, I know the knocks on him and, and Anderson Silva is, is an all-time great. So that one was cool. Lamar Odom and fucking whoever that idiot is. I didn't give a shit about that. Uh, Logan Paul. I just want to see him get beat. That was, that was a joke. Jake Paul's an embarrassment. Those ones are different. But for me, Anderson Silva Chavez Jr. I was intrigued by that fight, man, because they're two legitimate athletes. Yes. So I was, you know, I yes. wanted to see what was going to happen in that fight. I, mean, Anderson I, I love it great. from every end of the spectrum. I love Lamar Odom versus Aaron Carter. I love Anderson Silva versus Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I'm all for it, man. Like, I'm I'm even I'm like considering because, you know, we do the watch alongs and stuff. And obviously the ones where like Rosen strike are are the main event. They don't do big, big traffic or anything. So we're looking at rebranding like fightful fight nights. That way it's like big events that we me and Steven Jensen and other people come and and watch because during a big fight or, or a fight that captures the interest like that everybody is talking about it on the timeline, like mm-hmm. wrestling fans, MMA fans, boxing fans. And I dig that. I love it. Getting to cover a Mike Tyson boxing fight is not something I ever thought I would do. Right. And a lot of the people that mentored me coming up would talk about, oh, there's nothing like covering a Mike Tyson Saturday night. and like, Nothing like a, that. And I was like, well, I'll never get that opportunity. And I yeah. got to this year. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, did he? Did uh, do you think Mike smoked anything that night, Sean? Probably not. That would be stupid. That'd be stupid. Yeah, I thought so. No, That'd Silva did great, and and I couldn't help but chuckle because you remember when he fought uh, Chael Sonnen? Yes. And and Anderson Silva when when he's going into the fight with Chael Sonnen because I I don't think he likes some of Chael Sonnen's chirping and stuff. Silva would not want to do English in interviews. Do you remember that? Yes. And so he would pretend he didn't know English. And so uh, Chael Sonnen, because Chael Sonnen knew he knew English, Chael Sonnen had fun with him where Anderson Silva would want to be asked everything in Portuguese. And then Silva would answer in Portuguese. And then Sonnen, because he knew he's full of shit and he speaks English, Sonnen would be like, okay, what he said was, this is where he's going after dinner, after the fight. And yes. he made fun of it. So there's Silva in the, in the ring after the fight with, uh, with Chavez Jr. His English is perfect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I just watched that thing to myself. And this was the guy against Jill Sonnen that didn't want to speak it, claiming that he didn't speak it because he was tired of uh, as a, as a wise man once said, "I back. Trust me, I back." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, we have we have some super chats. Vincent Miller says, "Free the dirt cheap, man." That's getting some. Uh, that's getting some buzz, huh? It is, and I like. I didn't expect it to. Mm. Evan Wright says, "Can I get a go Habs go from Jimmy? Amazing hockey. You will never get a go Habs go from me. However." 
However, I dislike them less than I dislike the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, good for the Montreal Canadiens. They're looking good. They, uh, I think they got Vegas uh, psychologically defeated. So I, I think Montreal will go to the finals now, which I never would have predicted. Triple Stroke says, can you see Keith Lee in Money in the Bank? No, I can't. He's not cleared right now. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> Matt says that he didn't know I did voiceover work. Uh, what that. match would be bigger, Roman versus Cena or Brock versus Lashley? Um, I think Roman versus Cena from a mainstream perspective, uh, because they're both they they're both in movies. They're both the top. They've been the top guys. Lashley is a top guy, but he's not the top guy, even though he's completely capable of, of uh, doing something special with with Brock. You're absolutely right. Roman Cena is going to get all the marquee. Brock Lashley. I've wanted that fight. How, how long on this podcast, Sean? Have I talked <laughs> yes. about Brock? I've years. Been talking to, years I've been talking about that's the fight I want. I want to see it, Brock and Lashley. It's such a slam dunk, Jimmy. It's one that people have talked about for so, so long. Yeah. And it's like, why not do it? Why It'll not? be fantastic. Like Lashley, he's Lashley's the only guy in the company that matches up to him in terms of size, in terms of strength, and in terms of the backgrounds. Like those guys yeah. are almost mirror images of each other. Ages too, they're pretty close. Yeah. They like mirror each other. That That I very much look forward to seeing that. Guys, get your super chats in. Uh, it'll get your question or statement read right on the air. If you're here watching live at youtube.com slash Fightful, leave a thumbs up. Some stupid punk says, dirt sheet boy shirt, Jimmy. I mean, I'm sure we'll have one, but here's the deal. Everybody says, oh, give me a shirt, give me a shirt, give me a shirt. Then nobody orders them. So. Oh, I know that. as I know that as well as anybody, Sean. Yeah. Sean Ross Sapp. So we have a Skype chat, right? And Sean will be- Jimmy again. Sean, Sean will be like, yeah, shut up with the mute. <laughs> Sean, Sean will be like, hey, am I muted right now? No. Okay. Sean, Sean will be like, hey, girls, can we get a design for this shirt? And I'll say to Sean, oh, what are you going to get, like one sale off of that one? Like, come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, most of them are just regular fonts. So, I mean, what's the harm? What's the harm? What else you got on your list, Jimmy? Did you watch the Vice documentary on China? I have John not Lauer. watched it yet. I have not watched it yet. I'm going to this weekend. I was infuriated and it, and it's, you know, in, in, in a way, Joni Lauer reminds me of Sherry Martell a little bit. Uh, Cause Sherry Martell, I had the opportunity to spend time with her uh, over a course of a weekend at an independent show. She was just a sweetheart, but she had a lot of demons. She, in her case, it was a little bit different than, than Joni Lauer because China had a lot, or uh, Sherry had a lot of injuries from the ring <clears throat> and those injuries led her to pills. And, you know, yes. unfortunately, eventually that, that led to her, uh, her passing. But Sherry had a lot of issues uh, uh, as well, and I had the chance to spend time with her. Watching that Joni Lauer documentary, man, was infuriating because here was this person. Now, her story was pretty public already, so I already knew, obviously, about uh, you know her going to Japan, teaching school, coming back, uh, you know, having issues with addiction. I knew about her piece of, piece of shit manager. I even heard about the ashes before where he kept some of her ashes. So that stuff was public. I had never seen the footage that he shot. So, so this guy had shot footage because he was going to make a documentary. And what I didn't know was that he lost that footage and vice was able to utilize it, do their own documentary, which turned out really, really good. But this mm. guy, this guy, Anthony Anzaldo, what a manipulative piece yep. of shit this guy was. And you know, what really pissed me off in this documentary among other things, a lot of things pissed me off. So here's this girl that very clearly needed help. It was very clear. She needed help. And all he's doing, Sean, is, oh, we got to get her to this Comic-Con. Let's get her to this Comic-Con. And then they've got, like, the sign-up, you know, autographs, 30 bucks, right? 
And I'm watching that thinking, who's getting most of that money? I bet you Joni Lauer didn't get most of that money. Yes. You know what I mean? And then towards the end when she was really in a bad way, you know, and, 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 and things were looking good for her. What did this fucking guy do, Sean? She needed somebody to go to her place, grab her, take her to rehab. You know what he did? He hit up A&E to try to book her for intervention. Not not surprised. That's I'm not what that surprised. piece of shit did. And and I was watching that. I was infuriated watching that. That was a preventable death. Shouldn't have happened. And that guy is a bag of shit. And uh, and I wish nothing but bad things on that guy because he deserves it. And it's really unfortunate. And he wasn't the only one. She was surrounded at that time by people that uh, took advantage of her. But he was the main one. And uh, it was just really sad to watch. Really sad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I've never been fond of Enzaldo since really I've heard some of his interviews and stuff. And I was like, eh. and it was very clear what he was doing. He was laughing on. 100%. Yeah. Some stupid punk says, what do you think the odds are of a sunny dark side of the ring? If they do a ne- another season, I'm sure they'll do it. Also, she's out of jail now. So I'm sure she'd probably participate in it, to be honest with you. And I hate I hate to say it, but like her 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 path and and Joni Lauer's path, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, and I hope different that, substances. That, yeah, yeah, you know. but in terms of like the career path and and all that kind of stuff, and I I hope that uh, that she goes down a different road. But uh, yeah, I yeah, I mean, for a while it seemed like she was doing so well, and that's what I want to see. I mean, Sunny has done some really bad shit, and you know how you know how like well educated she is. Yes, she's a she's very a smart woman, very intelligent person. Yes, she is. Not that and, and Joni wasn't. Joni was I too. Just, I want to see her. I I, I want to see her take take note of the cautionary tales that that are around here. Evan Wright says Omega versus Jungle Boy should be a classic. Oh, I'm sure it'd be great. The the result isn't in doubt though. Um, but, but that's not always a bad thing. It's not always a bad thing. No, no. no. Rob, so go Rob ahead, Wilkins says some rumors about Big E being reunited with New Day at next draft. I would capitalize and do it at the first Raw with a crowd. That pop would be big. Yes, it would. Um. I think Big E, if they can't get Lesnar, as somebody pointed out, should win Money in the Bank, and he should challenge Lashley. That'd be great. That'd be great. There you go. I would be all for that. I still think back to the Rumble when Brock's in the ring and Big E's music hits, and he's yeah. the next guy down, and I was stoked, thinking, here we go, here we go. But then what do they have him do? They have him go corral his buddies at ringside so they can go three-on-one on Brock, which was so so shit. But I absolutely agree. I think that's a great story. If they can't get Brock, I want them to get Brock. Uh, and I think yes. they will get Brock. But uh, otherwise, and I'd love to see it. Kieran George says, dream scenario, Lesnar beats Lashley, Riddle wins money in the bank, and Riddle finally gets his dream match with Brock at Mania. I think uh, I don't think that's the case. Do you want to go ahead and talk about the, the, the Brock and Heyman and Roman? Stuff? Yep. Yep. So, uh, so this made news this week. Uh, you mentioned some stuff on select, so I'll, I'll throw it to you in a minute. Uh, also Andrew, Andrew Zarian, is that how you pronounce his name? Andrew Andrew Zarian. Zarian. He mentioned stuff about Brock. He posted a a gif of Brock holding up the belts and he said coming Mm -hmm. soon or something like that. And he's been spot on with a lot of his stuff too. Tell me first, it looks like his return is imminent. And, and the other thing I told Sean, well, WWE hopes it's imminent. There's there's a difference. People close to him are adamant that it's not that, that WWE's, Interests don't reflect Brock's, um, and it was it was reiterated to me by people that are close to him. And I even even told you, showed you that 
it's not as a slam dunk as WWE thinks it is. WWE th- seems to think that they can just get him whenever it is that they need right, Like, hey, here's your paycheck. And, and I asked last year, hey, why isn't his stuff up here? Why isn't it up there? And I was told, well, it, it happens every year. It's just taking a little bit longer this year. This is the longest Brock has ever been without wrestling in WWE since he came back. Right. So I don't think it's as imminent as it was originally indicated to me by WWE sources. But there are some people in there, high-level people, that seem to think, oh, yeah, we'll get Lesnar if we want, and we're, we're going to make it happen. But there are people in other departments that have not been prepped for a Brock Lesnar return that would have been prepped for it, okay. for like getting stuff ready and all, and all that. But, okay, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's, it's a slam dunk. I would not be surprised to not see Brock Lesnar at this point. But high level people in WWE thought that like it was to the to the level in which they felt comfortable confirming to me, right? Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make this happen. But then other people close to him are like, I don't think so. Right, right. Well, they they had moved his his profile back to .dot com from alum from alumni, maybe because again, like you're saying, it's, I, I think it's thought, been that way for a while. Oh, has it been? Yeah, I think so. Okay, because he was he was on alumni for a while, and then the other thing that made me kind of question it, uh, you and I talked about this. So Sean interviewed Bobby Lashley, and I can't recall exactly how you worded your question. Something about who do you want to face at SummerSlam? I think you said I think you said not that you want to overlook Drew at Hell in a Cell, but who do you want to face at SummerSlam or something? And, and Lashley I specifically said besides Brock, because that's the easy answer. Yeah, but before you said that, before yeah. you said besides Brock, Lashley started chuckling. He didn't say nothing. He just started chuckling, looking at the camera. And yes. I said to Sean, I said to Sean later on, clearly he's thinking Brock. But yes. then, but then you immediately brought up Brock. So I guess we'll see. My my other question was going to be for you. So you know, let's say that they get Brock. You know, hey Brock, come and do it. Here's your here's your payday, whatever. What do they do with Paul Heyman? Do they just have him with him and Roman? Do they just? Don't worry about him with Brock. Do you think that they'll already be looking kind of past Lashley to to Brock and Roman in a story over Heyman? What do you think they would do? Because Brock doesn't necessarily need Heyman. They're just afraid to have Brock cut live promos. That to me has always been why Heyman's there. They don't want Brock on a live mic. But otherwise, he doesn't need Heyman. So what do you think about that? I think he would go to Raw where Heyman could just do that and wouldn't even really have to acknowledge the Roman Reigns thing. They could do it completely separate. And that's like, what, what was Paul supposed to do for a year and a half? Chill out at his house. Like even sure. Brock would be like, the character would be like, eh, that you can do what you want. Hannah says, I've been saying this for a year, Paul Heyman on a pole match, <laughs> but um, like shark I, cage. I think Brock and Becky go to raw. I think Cena and edge are on SmackDown, that's that's what I think because I think Edge will face Rollins. I think Cena will face Reigns. I think Becky and probably Charlotte. Although I think that Ripley is the better better move right now. We've seen the Charlotte stuff again, um, and I think that that Brock and Lashley, if they can make it work, which again I got to reiterate, people close to him don't seem to think it's as imminent as people in WWE think. Yeah. Um, but then you'd yeah. have Paul on the pay per view essentially going out with both of them, so he'd be going out for both main events. Yeah. Sure. Why so, not? Yeah, that'd be interesting. I guess we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I've been very honest about this. Like Brock is the guy that I probably find the most entertaining to watch as a wrestling fan because you can suspend, uh, suspend disbelief with him when he's out there. 
And and again, not to discredit, you know, the Orange Cassidy's of the world and and all that. To me, it's not as fun. I prefer the guys where I can suspend suspend disbelief and believe about what I'm seeing is is kind of crossing over to reality. And Brock Lesnar is the guy for that. So I hope we see Lashley and Brock. But if we don't, your big E idea is a good idea. That would work for me. I think it was somebody in our chats, actually. So I don't want to take credit for it. Some stupid punk says seconding Hannah. uh, And Ricardo says... Jimmy's picks male, female for money in the bank. I'd like to see whoever, who all is in. Uh, so, so we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. So, so far we got Ricochet, Morrison, Riddle, obviously of those three riddles, the pick of those three, I want to see who else is going to be in before I can really pick. And, and, and same thing for the, uh, for the female one. I, I know a lot of people have been suggesting, well, Dewdrop is, is going to win. And I don't even, think so now, I don't think so now. Oh, you don't think so now? Okay. That, because now that they've got the, the, the way that things went Monday, I don't think so anymore. Where Eva got pinned? I mean, okay. also, they didn't qualify. Oh, yeah, but aren't they going to do like a last chance and all I that garbage? Th- I don't think so. I don't think no? for them. They're, okay. they're doing the two tag matches, and then they'll do more on SmackDown, I think. Okay, okay. Well, that would be good. Because they've already got four women from Raw set for that thing. Right. Because they did the two tags. Two tag matches. Okay, okay. Well, and we'll see what happens. Chris says, what do you read into Dynamite not having a full card announced for Saturday? Well, normally we know basically the whole show week in advance. It's not taped this week. Uh, they are back to live. All their shows from here on out, all their Dynamite shows are scheduled to be live with fans. So I think that they'll probably wait until they get it in order. Plus, if you've watched Dynamite the last month, I would imagine, just my hunch, that Tony Khan is probably looking at creative and saying, you know what, maybe we need to switch something up. Full House? I don't know about full house. And even if it was allowed to be, a, I think they're allowed to do full houses. I just don't think a full house would show up for the 74th dynamite in the past year in Jacksonville. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you're right. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say they've killed the town, but they have right now. Yeah, yeah. Bo- and, both both companies are are looking forward to going on the road, I'm sure. Joel says, have Bobby destroy Kofi at Money in the Bank, have Big E win the briefcase and go to Raw to avenge his brother's. That's what I think is the is the easy slam dunk home run idea. Like I a think backup that plan if there's no Brock, basically. Yes, I think that's really good. Guys, you can also get in your super chats, get your questions or statements right on the air. What else you got, Jimmy? Well, let's talk about some NXT. So, uh, you know, people thought Tessa was going to be the diamond mine. This is where you oh. can jump in. People thought Tessa was going to be in the diamond mine. Everybody thought Tessa was going to be in the diamond mine. And now we know we saw this week, Roderick Strong, Tyler Rust, Hideki Suzuki, and uh, Malcolm Bivens. You know what? Right now, NXT is the land of heel factions. Uh, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. So, like, right now, you've got the diamond mine. you got the way. you got Hit Row. Imperium is still kind of kicking around. they got a lot of these heel factions. You think of WWE back in 97, they had the Nation of Domination, and they had Los Periquas, and they had uh, the Disciples of Apocalypse. It's not necessarily a NWA bad NWA, too. NWA was NWA too. around. Yep. So DX. Yeah, they were, I think they came a little later. They were in 97. Not. 97 yeah, and 98. The same time. Yeah. They were there from late 97 all the way through 98. So, yeah, because that's how it how it branched off. The, the members of the nation, Crush, Savio, they formed their own thing. The other two, right. They had the gang wars. But so I just want to clarify something. I had people that said, oh, why would you smile? And it wasn't Tessa. Well, <laughs> you know what? I've been poking around about who Diamond Mine was for months. Diamond Mine 
as I reported on Fightful Select, please subscribe, has been a plan for months and months and months before Roderick Strong quit on NXT. When I would ask about Diamond Mine, it was played so close to the vest. So close let me to ask the you, vest. Let me ask you this. So I, I, I believe it was in February, I believe, where Malcolm Bivens referred to Tyler Rust as Diamond in the Rust. Yes. Was that done because they already knew then in February that they were going to do this? I think they knew they were going to do a group, but I don't think they knew it was going to be like Roderick Strong and all right. that. But I don't okay. know if that's just where it emerged from. But right. I, I need to specify. People are like, why would you spoil and it wasn't Tessa? People <laughs> in WWE wanted me to do that. And and occasionally that happens. Like I would be like, hey, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? And they'll be like, well, I'll tell you who it's not. It's not Tessa Blanchard. It's not Parker Bordreau because that was completely fan-fueled. Yes. Total fan-fueled. All of it. Like there, there wasn't anything to indicate besides the, the diamond thing that, that, like, that she had used. Mm. And WWE did not want people to think it was Tessa Blanchard because there are going to be some people that, one, were going to go in ready to dislike it, and two – that would be disappointed one or the other. They would have either had some preconceived notion that it was Tessa. So six weeks ago, we reported that it wasn't her. Uh, We had also put out there, Parker was not a part of it. And I mean, I'm sure like we had a super chat from Josh Cardenas. that says, can you see anybody else joining diamond mine? Yes, I can. I've heard some other names over the past day or so, uh, or or Josh, the past 16 hours since they debuted, but you want to talk about a, a home run angle? Like I had, I had mentioned on Fightful Select yesterday, they NXT is looking to put more marquee value into the cruiserweight division. Right, Roderick Strong from Undisputed Era in there that does it, and the the reception online ninety five percent positive. Jimmy, you almost never have that anymore. I'm I'm really digging this. When's the last time that you can recall a faction? being involved in a storyline around a cruiserweight championship. Like this doesn't happen very often. Like well, I, Legato you know, del Fantasma. Well, all right, but I, okay, I guess I, mm-hmm. I look, I just, I look at them differently. I look at them yeah. differently. Like I look, I look at it as something, not that I want to, you know, discredit, you know, uh, anything else, but I look at it differently. Like this is something that they're really going to get behind on the brand and, and might even put them into main event matches and stuff like that too. It's, it's interesting. And, uh, I don't know. Well, you know what they need? They need a they need a female uh, added because that's the one thing. If they're going to be out there with hit row and and with the way and whatnot, they they could use a female added to the group. Yeah. So I can see that happening. But it's interesting. Like they got so many fashions. But like I said, it's not necessarily a bad thing. They're finding things for these guys to do. You know, I love the faction based stuff. I wish there was some some baby face stuff. Now, I mean, look at AEW, the wingmen. A bunch of people, they just threw together and it works and people find it entertaining. And as a result, they're over. And when they're on TV, people like it. This is a really good mix of new, familiar, and established. We like we know who Malcolm Bivens is. Mm-hmm. We know what he's capable of. He's got an incredible following on social media. You know who Tyler Rust is because he's been there. But he wasn't like a guy that could lead a stable yet. Mm-hmm. Roderick Strong is. Roderick mm-hmm. Strong has been a part of, of has been the focal point of many storylines over the past few years. And then you get Hideki Suzuki. And as soon as people Google Hideki Suzuki, they're gonna go, Oh, yeah, he can go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when I saw that, 
I wasn't sure that Hideki Suzuki was going to be added. I got an inclination as it got closer. I was like, I think it's Bivens. I think it's Rust. I think it's Strong. And mm-hmm. I even hinted at Strong on, on Twitter. I had no idea about Suzuki because I thought he was maybe just going to be a coach or something. Yeah, a trainer. Yeah, yeah. Holy crap. What a great addition that is. And I wasn't sure how it would work with like Bivens and, and Strong and Rust. But man, it's it's reminiscent of the catch point stable that Stokely Hathaway and Timothy Thatcher and so many did before. And you know what? Maybe Timothy Thatcher joins that eventually. And you know what? Maybe you you branch off and you're doing Kishida and you're Roderick Strong and you're doing Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa some more. Yep. There's some real good stuff here. Uh, I, I'm all for it. Ray Callahan says, is it weird that Roddy really never handled UE? I think they'll save it. I think, I mean, Bobby Fish might pop back up. There's there's a lot of people right now that I think that NXT is kind of waiting on because they got to see if their North American champion and their world champion are about to get called up, Jimmy. Which we'll talk about later too. But yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, especially since he came in, Roderick came in after Colin O'Reilly powdered mm-hmm. out first. And so it wasn't even really, they didn't even really cross paths, I mean, you know, to that degree. Drag Gulak back down to NXT. I'm sure he'd love to be a part I, of this. I group. think he would be ecstatic. Yes, he would. At least he's had no roses up his ass lately. Oh, yeah. But, Joel uh, Wood says, I would have put Bobby Fish in there based on his history with Roddy. I think there's there's story to tell there, Jimmy. I think there's story to tell in Roderick going, come on, join us. Help out this Tyler Rust kid. And then they could, oh, I just love this. I love a good, like, shoot-based faction I'm, I'm all for it. Chris Townsend says, thanks for the response to my last super chat. Doing another five bucks of a super chat to catapult SRS in the top 10% locality. Hashtag rich dirt cheap. Are play. you kidding me? He's well, in the top 1%. Well, I, I hate to break it to you guys, but actually I'm not in the top 1%. There are some of you rich, in Kentucky. No, there's some very, you're in the top here. half percent. Jimmy, my neighbor is all of my neighbors on this side way way better off than me way oh, come on wait i, I want to uh, see their tax statement for the year okay well I, I would but they're all retired jimmy oh so you clean up compared to them then yeah yeah indeed <laughs> my god uh guys please leave a thumbs up get your super chats in because we are poor jl says thoughts on the mma stuff from aew boy i hated it what did you think <sighs> It's it's tough to I don't like to use the word fake. It's tough to fake it. Like it it's just I, I wasn't really into it. I I'll, I'll be honest with you. So when they brought Hager in, I thought Hager was a good pickup for AW because he had kind of reestablished himself in Bellator. I thought he had more name value than than when he left WWE. Uh, I looked at him almost like an up and coming Lashley a little bit. To me, Hager has not. He's been underwhelming in AEW to me. Uh, and so when you get him into that element, uh, it, it just was very clearly a fake MMA fight. And I don't like to use the term because it's sports entertainment, but it, it, yeah. it came up to me like a fake MMA fight. To me, blood sport is more interesting. Uh, maybe it's the, maybe it's the atmosphere. Maybe it's just the, how the fans are. Maybe it's even because the, the, the type of ring stage that they use, it's different to me when you have two guys in an MMA fight and it's very clearly a predetermined MMA, it just, I wasn't really feeling it, but it but it it could also be because Hager and Wardlow, there's not exactly a a wealth of charisma when you're doing a stage performance. 
So uh, I, I, I applaud the attempt. I mean, this has been the one thing with Tony Khan is that he makes he, he attempts stuff uh, and they don't always work. And something tells me that they'll learn. Uh, yeah, from, I, from I, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's that was a good showing for either one of them. Josh Cardenas says, I think Baszler wants to be back in NXT for the diamond mine. I don't know if she does or not, but um, it's got to be mean, better I, than what she's doing now. At least Alexa, uh, Alexa, <laughs> at least Alexa didn't do the hocus pocus shit again. Yeah, not really. I mean, you know what they say, Jimmy? Pressure makes diamonds, and diamonds are as hard as a rock. And if the pressure is keeping you from being hard as a rock, check out our <laughs> friends at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. It's that unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable tablet at a fraction of the cost. Maybe you're doing a little mining of your own down there. Maybe it's a little too cavernous and you're looking to make sure that you fill things up, I guess. I don't know. That was, you could have done better than that. I could have done better than that, but so could a lot of people. And they don't have that confidence in their performance. Blue Chew gets it done. You can take them anytime, day or night. You can plan ahead. Be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you get your prescription within days. It's done online. You don't have to go to the doctor's office. You don't have to have any awkward conversations like the one we're having right now. And you don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. They're prepared and shipped direct. They come right to your door. Does Blue Chew and it's in a discreet package, so everybody in the world won't know you're taking Blue Chew, at least until word of mouth gets around. We can't help that. Blue Chew can't help the fact that everybody's going to be talking about your diamond hard dick. <laughs> and right now, you get your first shipment free. You just pay $5 shipping. Use the code FIGHTFUL at checkout. That's bluechew.com, promo code FIGHTFUL to receive your first month free. They'll be calling you the Messiah of the Backbreaker once you get done using BlueChew.com, code Fightful. Bezo Banks is super chatting for that segue. Hashtag dirt cheap, bang. And uh, Bear Hudson says, was there any talk of having Bronson Recksteiner a part of Diamond Mine? I've been really impressed with NXT so far. What do you think of NXT since Samoa Joe returned? I think that NXT since Samoa Joe has returned has been phenomenal, Jimmy. It's been a great show. As far as Bronson Rex Steiner, a lot of people keep talking about him and Parker. They aren't ready yet. They are a few months into wrestling. You got to give them time. They haven't even had honest to God matches yet. Had Rex Steiner been trained at all before he signed? Like had his dad trained him before he I'm signed? I'm not sure. I'll have to find out. Okay. Cause he's coming from football, right? Isn't he? Yes. Okay. Okay. I mean, he's definitely a physical specimen. He's got that going for him. So, well, let's talk about some other NXT stuff here. So uh, you already mentioned it. So a bit of a head scratcher to me, but maybe you've got some insight. Dave Meltzer, I believe, first reported that Killer Cross and Bronson Reed. So keep in mind, you got your NXT champion and you got your NXT North American champion. They both debuted on the main roster as part of the main event taping. Um, why, Sean Rossap? Can you explain to me why the NXT champion without Scarlett Bordeaux and the North American champion debuted on the Peacock show to no fanfare. Well, Why? I haven't seen main event yet. Right, because it, it airs Thursday. You're so right. until it airs, I, I'm not going to say anything. Like okay. They might have wanted to see how they do with certain production setups or, or live setups or anything like that. There are any number of reasons that they might do that. Until I see it on the screen, I'm not. I'm not doubting what Dave Meltzer reported. I'm sure that they did those matches with the 
with the production. setup and all that. Yeah. But until that, I, I got I got to see it. I mean, okay. if it's that's like Karrion Cross having a regular match like that, then that's fine. They have NXT and 205 talent on there quite often. Like Mansoor was a main event for a long time. Like Deanna and Chelsea Green were on there uh, after their little Raw call up in December of 2019. So it's it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. We'll see. I think Scarlett has a tryout of her own or they're getting getting a look of her own, but they got to replenish their roster. And that's just all there is to it. They got to get a look at the roster and who they're going to call up. I think Triple H knew as soon as Vince got a look at either one of those guys, he was probably going to want them up. Yeah, it would just be weird. It, it'd be weird if you're NXT champion. You know, here he is on main event. You know, this this the show that not a lot of people watch. Maybe that's why they're doing it because they know that yeah. not a lot of people watch it and they just want to give him that experience. Maybe Vince wants a good look at him, and who knows? Who knows? It it, it does seem a little bit strange uh, that they would just kind of bring him out quietly like that. But Joel brings to- up. He says, "I think they did a one-off on main event between Natalia and Charlotte months before Charlotte was called up. I think. I think that was actually on Raw. I'm gonna." look just to make sure but they had they brought charlotte up to do a promotion like to promote takeover and then they beat her real quick if you remember it was so weird uh but yeah they had charlotte and sasha banks in like 2014 on main event but other than that uh, i don't charlotte didn't work main event before that okay the next thing i want to talk about is raw this week so what got into vince mcmahon you know, Vince Man's on some new vitamins or something. This felt like a reboot this week, and there was so much fresh content to watch. So you had Ricochet beat AJ Styles, fresh matchup, qualifying match for the money, for Money in the Bank. Morrison beats Randy Orton. That was a fresh matchup. Uh, Matt Riddle beat Drew McIntyre. I was stoked to see that match, Sean. Yeah. Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre, like, what a, just a fresh matchup. Matt Riddle wins that one clean as a sheet. They elevate Xavier Woods, put him in a Hell in a Cell match against Bobby Lashley, so much fresh content, and then even though it's a it's it's you know a, a lesser deal, Alexa Bliss got new entrance music, so it felt like Raw was a reboot. What do you think happened? Do you think uh, now they're preparing for live fans because the next paper is in front of live fans? Like, what do you, what do you think? What do you think led to the sudden the sudden shift? People in WWE are very aware this is their opportunity to kind of kick off fresh, so I think that's being implemented a little bit. And they, this was a good step. Fresh matches. It's just, I hope they don't do them all again in a week or two. Yes, and, I agree. And, and I mentioned to you, Jimmy, they're going to have to switch how they do things because Becky Lynch, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, they're not going to, they're not going to do like Corbin and Nakamura and wrestle the same match five out of six weeks. Right. The, you'll be lucky if they work five times this year. Yep. Cena especially. Cena's probably yeah. done until, what do you think, maybe the Rumble or something. Bezos says, it's crazy how good booking decisions help a show. Just basic, like, make sense stuff. Like, AEW, I haven't loved the show over the last month, but most of the stuff, most of it makes sense. So mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, that was okay. Mm-hmm. Missable, but okay. I didn't leave it going, oh, I feel so insulted to watch this. <laughs> so often with WWE, I do. I didn't feel that way this week. I thought it was pretty solid. Justin Lopez says, do you think not having any NBA or MLB to go up against on Monday, they actually try to make Raw interesting this week? They should every week. It should never be, we're going to punt because of this. It should never be, well, we're going to wait until the draft. We're going to wait until Fox. We're going to wait until fans are back. No, be the reason that people are there then. 
be the thing that everybody's talking about. Be the reason why people go, damn, I shouldn't watch NBA tonight because I want to know what's going to happen on Raw. You got to be that. And for anybody saying, oh, well, that's not realistic, make it realistic. You script the show. Yep, I I agree. I mean, obviously, you know, Vince McMahon having done this for as long as he has, obviously he does. He just doesn't have the desire. He doesn't have the motivation. He doesn't have the enthusiasm. And he wouldn't after having done this for 30, 40 years. He just doesn't have the enthusiasm. When your broadcast partner on Monday night is paying you $2 billion over five years for rights to Raw and for the library rights for Peacock, you should be motivated. You should. And if you're not enthusiastic, then put somebody else in who is enthusiastic. So I agree with you. They shouldn't look at it like, oh, we got no playoffs tonight, so let's uh, let's do something different. They should always be motivated, and uh, and it just doesn't seem like Vince is usually. But Raw, I thought was was a good show. The fresh matchups was 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 uh, good. The fact that the underdogs essentially won all those fresh matches, and Riddle won clean, and good on yes. Drew McIntyre too. Good on Drew McIntyre that he's a pro and that he. You talk about a guy who who's probably had the most difficult time over this pandemic era. Because the guy finally gets his title. He worked his ass off to get back into the company. Then when he got back into the company, he had to kind of weather the storm in terms of shitty creative, just like Bobby Lashley. Finally gets a shot at the top, wins the title. He's in the pandemic. He's got no fans the entire time. And uh, and now he puts over Matt Riddle because he knows it's the right thing to do at that particular time. Good for Drew McIntyre. And I hope, it, I hope it plays into his story. As Nick says... Would love to see Drew McIntyre, crisis of a confidence story. Let him spiral down and have him work his way back like he has before, mind you. Maybe even have him bring back broken dreams. That theme would be perfect for downward spiral, broken dreams, Drew McIntyre, who's desperate, desperate to get back to where he got in front of fans. He could say, I didn't get to wrestle as champion in front of a single fan. Mm -hmm. I would love for him to go over to the UK, challenge Walter lose a match there and just have him be like, I will do anything to, to do this. And I think that anti-hero willing to do anything thing will get him over again because what WWE does, Jimmy, when you become champion, you become the guy or the girl that stands on the ramp and does this. <laughs> well, they, he cut- that's how it always is. He cut that promo backstage before the match with Riddle where he kind of uh, indicated I need to work my way back up. And so I, the one thing that I wish they did more in WWE is what AEW does with a guy like Omega. Omega wrestles everybody. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like, he's like he's going to wrestle Jungle Boy. He, he, he wrestles everybody. He did a dark t- uh, tag team match one time. I, I remember one of my, my fondest memories watching wrestling as a kid, I would watch Mania and Action Zone Saturday, Sunday mornings. And then one Saturday morning, it's WWF Championship match. Bret Hart defending against Buddy Landell. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, what the hell? I was like, I know Buddy Landell's about to get that ass whipped real bad. Yeah. But I don't care. I get to watch this. That's cool. Yeah. And it didn't feel like it was just like, okay, Bret Hart's a fighting champion. That's that's what it made me feel like. Yep. And they got so much talent on that roster. Like you're telling me that you couldn't do Drew McIntyre Ricochet, you know, in a in a in a one-on-one match or yeah. Drew McIntyre against any one of these guys. They have the talent to do it. I wish they did it. I was genuinely excited to see Riddle Drew McIntyre yeah. because I knew that both of them had been protected going in. And so the the outcome was almost in doubt a little bit. I thought Orton was going to kind of inadvertently screw Riddle the way that Riddle kind of inadvertently screwed Orton. That's what I thought yeah. was going to happen. But I was genuinely interested because they both been protected. They could do so much more of that weekly if they wanted to. 
Joel says my biggest regret of the pandemic was that Drew's entire main event runs during this era. My biggest regret of the pandemic was COVID. Fair. <laughs> yes, I, yes, I did. It should play into things as well. Anakin says paying the tax to give Sean his due credit. Is it, it that? That's nice. Is it still, uh, still got about 10 minutes to get your super chats in guys. We're going to head over to fightfulselect.com. If you want to give me my credit, you can go over there too. It helps out a lot. I'm going to have some contract news up this week as well. Uh, just a ton of stuff up there as always. Jimmy, I put like, 30, 35 figure hall videos in the can. I was going to wait until we we launched on .com to release them, but I think I'm going to start releasing them on Fightful Select maybe a couple of months. So you guys will have that as well. We got more stuff coming up. Uh, so FightfulSelect.com, head over there. What do you think of Nikki Cross, the butterfly superhero? If anybody can get it over, she can get it over. Uh, if it was her pitch, we'll see. I, I tell you what, her babyface promo and Raw Talk was incredible. I didn't see Jesus. it. Jesus. Um, let me let me just pull up what she said um, because I heard it and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. You're she talking said, about that, we're talking about that character? Yes. She says, I know I can't fly. I don't have super strength. But when I throw on this cape, I throw on the mask, the wrist gauntlets, I feel like I can try anything. I might fail. I might fall down. But I'm going to keep trying and I'm going to keep getting back up because I have to believe in myself because nobody else will. All anyone can ever do is believe in themselves, and that's what I want to share with our audience. I just want to share this with them. I was like, Jesus Christ, man. That's that's I mean, pure you know baby what? face. You know what? Hurricane Helms was over. Mighty Molly was over. Rosie was Back over. Back in my day, you had to train as a shit for months before you got to be a full-fledged superhero, Jimmy. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> but uh, no, they, they. I mean, we'll see what happens with it. It. it, it I guess for me... I, I can't help but look at it like they're making fun of her. Like it kind of feels like they're making fun of her, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Cause like you said, she might have the baby face almost the sympathetic baby face, like Lana when she's going through a table every week, maybe this is the way they got, they're going to do it with Nikki cross and make her a sympathetic baby face. I guess we'll, uh, we'll have to see where it goes. Uh, uh hold on, hold on before you do your, uh, transition. We got some super <laughs> chats. Bezos my says, segue, my segue. Bezos says, how does SmackDown qualify when there are three active singles? Well, I can tell you exactly how I would do it. Um, there are seven women on the roster. There's Bailey, Bianca, Carmella, Liv, Natalia, Tamina. Then there's Sasha. You have three matches between them. And then you have a second chance qualifier. Now, I don't know if Sasha's going to wrestle. Bianca's the champion. But it would be nice. I think it'd be kind of cool if Bianca says, I'm going to be the first champion to win Money in the Bank, too. And whether she's in it or not, Yeah. yeah, it'd be different. Uh, or she can get screwed out of a qualifier, and then they have a last chance. That, that'd be the way to do it. Or call somebody up. Call somebody up. That, that's the easy way. That I'm is Malucha. the easy way. I agree. I'm Malucha says, life and work are really good right now. Fightful family, and I haven't been able to watch live. Caught this at the end. Wanted to say thanks for Fightful and SRS holding it down for us fellow fans. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate that truly. Uh, it means a lot that you all are willing to invest in us. It means a ton. Uh, Roman Reigns, Rey Mysterio moving from Hell in a Cell to SmackDown. Was that a Fox move? Yes. Uh, it was, yes, it was in USA. Uh, definitely wanted their own. That's for sure. I, yes. And it felt like that. It felt like they were looking at it like, well, hey, they got Roman and Rey. 
So we want a Hell in a Cell match too. And I, I got to tell you, if I'm Fox executives, I don't blame them because they've got to be like you just you know simmering a little bit when they see that matches are being promoted on their show to take place on a competitor streaming service. You know what I mean? That can't be something that they enjoy seeing on a regular basis. So I don't blame them for doing that. I thought that was interesting. Okay, I want to ask you this one. So Wesley Blake was on the two-man power trip podcast. I just didn't read him too. Oh, did you? Okay. Well, on the two-man power trip podcast, he said that during his run in WWE, almost an eight-year run in WWE, he said that he never met Vince McMahon Never had one conversation with Mr. Man in eight years, and he indicated that he tried, but he couldn't get a hold of him. Feels like working. Feels like working here. I never talked to the people in charge. Yeah, never. I I remember when we when I fired somebody. He was. I was like, listen, any budget you would want to do, we got to run by Jimmy, and he had been doing stuff for a couple weeks. And I would constantly say, he'd be like, let me do this, let me do this, let me do this. And I'm like, listen, got to run it by Jimmy, got to run it by Jimmy. And his his response is, why do I feel like this is the Wizard of Oz and it's some dude hiding in the shadows? And I go, well, first off, you're fired because he's on screen with me every Wednesday. If you don't care enough to even know that, I don't need you here. <laughs> well, with all due respect to Wesley Blake, with all due respect to Wesley Blake, I can't imagine eight years not getting an opportunity to talk to Vince McMahon. And I honestly got to question how hard he tried eight years, man. I got to question how hard he tried because the guy's sitting in gorilla, like just go up and talk to him. You know what I mean? Eight fucking years, Sean. How is that possible? After over eight years, you never met Vince McMahon. Well, How's you don't possible? bother. You don't bother Vince at gorilla. That's a good way to get like in trouble, but I would, I mean, unless you come through the, the curtain and he's there and he wasn't always there on SmackDown when the forgotten sons were up there he was not always there like he didn't he's not there all the time i get that but you're he telling me over be. eight years sean well i mean vince wasn't at nxt either like he was it, almost it, never at nxt but there must have been dozens and dozens and dozens of times when they were in the same building i'm sure dozens I'm sure there and were dozens and dozens i wouldn't even say dozens i would say probably i would say probably about a couple dozen maybe when I think about Over it, because he eight was years, Jimmy, he was in NXT until April of 2020. And when 2020 came around, Vince was not around much at all. Like, actually, he wasn't around at all after the Fox thing happened until the mm. pandemic. But then he was like locked in his office. And that's what that's what Blake even told me. He was like, it was not easy to, to do that. But, uh, yeah, I just don't think there weren't as many opportunities, I think, as you would think. And then when there were, it's like I'm sure Vince was doing stuff. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I I think back to I think it was Sasha Banks uh, who did an interview. I think it was one of the documentaries. And she said now this is going back a few years, but she, she said how intimidated she was of Vince and that Hunter was the one she knew. And so in that interview, she said, I don't, I never talked to Vince. I talked to Hunter. Hunter's the one I know. And I'm intimidated by Vince. And I remember, and again, you got to understand Sasha was a young girl. I think she'd only been called up for a couple of years. I can kind of understand the intimidation factor, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. You get to a certain, like if I was a wrestler in WWE, I'm seeing Vince McMahon. And and if I piss him off to the point that I get fired, then I get fired. I'm seeing Vince McMahon because I remember the story that Daniel Bryan told about Michael Hayes telling him, you're in the title picture now. Go get get to know Vince. 
whatever you got to do, go get to know Vince. And Daniel Bryan made sure he went to, he got to get to know Vince. If I want to be anything in WWE, I'm going to go talk to Vincent Mann. And if I piss him off and get fired, I get fired because they got so many guys that come and go. And so many guys like big show have talked about how, yeah, when, when, you know, out of sight, out of mind, when, when you're out of the picture for a while, Vince forgets about you and he moves on. If you're in his face, he's not going to forget you. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, I, I, I really I think agree. that I really think with all due respect to Wesley Blake, if you really wanted to talk to Miss a man, you would have talked to Miss a man like eight years. Holy shit, dude. That's a long ass time. And I get what you're saying, NXT and everything. But uh, yeah, if I'm in WWE, I'm talking to Miss a man. That's just how it is. Like, you just you just make it happen. I do. I do. Let me tell you something. Before I owned this company, I, I worked for other people. I went through a, a period of my life when I had no money. I think I've told Sean these stories. I used to order like the family pizza meal deal and I keep it in my freezer and live off it for a week. I and actually now you, know now what you it's like. shame me for eating frozen lasagna. Uh, well, because I pay I just, enough. I pay enough to eat better, Sean. That's not in this, not in this economy, pal. Oh, housing, housing market shot up 20, 30%. Um, also, somebody said, stop defending CEO douches, Jimmy. I wonder why Jimmy would No, I'm not, I'm not defending Vince. I'm saying if, if you want to talk to the guy, he's not the president. Like, yeah. fucking talk to the guy. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> well, guys, I have an interview with Thunder Rosa up, an in-person interview that we did in uh, Jacksonville. I've got an interview with Amy Rose of Ring of Honor up this week as well. And FightfulSelect.com, we're heading over there right now. My Q&A show drops this week. Uh, we, we always get questions from you guys and like the DMs and tweets and stuff like that. I save those for the Q&A show. If you go over there and subscribe, you can ask your question. It will get answered uh, pretty well, whatever you have. So subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Jimmy, you got anything else? Uh, no, list goes on. We're going to talk about MLW. We're going to talk about Shinsuke Nakamura. We're going to talk about Kevin Owens, Lars Sullivan, Brock Anderson, Damian Priest. Bunch of stuff. Okay. Until next time, guys, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.